Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Company and affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Good afternoon and welcome to the law. This is your legal light. It is your help law. And this afternoon, get ready um, to be really engaged and educated. Of course, that's what we do on this show. We're asking questions about press freedom and criminal laws. What's the relationship between the two? As you're already aware, Ghana has been doing very terribly in the press freedom rankings globally and much of the blame has been put on some sections of our criminal law we're going to deal with those specific provisions on the show right now we'll be right back It's the law, it is your legal lights, it is your health law. And I'm very privileged to be hosting this afternoon two gentlemen who can help us do justice. Um, they are Oliver Baker Vomowo, who is a lawyer and researcher. And we will shortly uh, show you one of the compelling reasons why we believe that he is most suited to help us discuss these issues. The U.S. State Department seen in its human rights uh, report for the year. Kofi Ebua is General Secretary, the GJA and Communications Lecturer, Wisconsin International University College here in Ghana. Thank you, gentlemen, so very much for making time to join us. Thank you. Yeah, Happy to be here. Yeah, you're most welcome. Great. So, to start with, you are on a crusade. And I will say that you're giving the crusade, you're elevating the crusade. Because it's been said over and again that this particular, something has to be done about our regime, our system. Because continue to perform very poorly in the press freedom rankings. This false news crimes, is it really to blame for how badly Ghana has been performing recently? Yes, Kofi. Really, it, it, uh, if you look at the press freedom in the country, as, as, as you rightly said, um, we have gone from bad to worse. Um, in 2018, we were number one in Africa. 
Mm -hmm. And we were all excited about about that. And if you consider that in a space of five years, we have gone that bad, then it is a cause to worry. And then also, if you look at the reports for 2023, um, reporters without borders had flagged self-censorship as a key thing. And the, the trend we are seeing now, the effect of all of all of that is for journalists to um, not be able to do the things they they would have done ordinarily. So a, a, a lot of our colleagues are beginning to self censure, and so um, that also takes away their critical voice. Mm. So for me, to a very large extent, it is something we can blame because. Um, um, if we are criminalize, criminalizing free speech and you need to look over your shoulders before you write or say something, then you, you will not be able to discharge even your constitutional mandate under Article 1625 mm. to, uh, to, to, to uphold the responsibility and accountability of the government to the people of Ghana. So my short um, answer is that to a very large extent um, we can blame these laws on, on, a, on a low trend. Thank you very much. And Kofi Abwa just mentioned Article 1625. Here's my copy. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let me show you if you want to take a look at Article 1625 in my copy of the Constitution. Right. So, Article 1625 of Ghana's Constitution uh, falls under the Chapter uh, 12, which is Freedom and Independence of the Media. I'm just going to take time to read just, uh, some small, very important portion to put things in perspective because he mentioned 16251 says, Freedom and Independence of the Media are hereby guaranteed. You will find that this is also the case in Chapter 5 of the Human Rights uh, Provisions. Subject to this Constitution and any other law not inconsistent with this Constitution, there shall be no censorship in Ghana. No censorship in Ghana. Three, there shall, again shall, means compulsory, mandatory. There shall be no impediments to the establishment of private press or media, and in particular, there shall be no law requiring any person to obtain a license as a prerequisite to the establishment or operation of a newspaper journal or other media or mass communication or information. Four, editors and publishers of newspapers and other institutions of the mass media shall not, mandatorily, shall not be subject to control or interference by government or shall, nor shall they be penalized or harassed for their editorial opinions and views or the content of their publications. I'll end with this one. Five, my favorite. All agencies of the mass media shall at all times be free to uphold the principles provisions and objectives of this constitution and shall uphold the responsibility and accountability of the government to the people of Ghana. This is like a whole book, mm. if you start to write. And, and, and the emphasis here for me is all agencies of the mass media shall at, at all times be free. So if um, at certain times you are not free because there is a certain fear, then um, this mandate given to the media by the constitution is, is even being taken away from us. And for me, that is a serious thing that we need to address. Okay. We'll come to find out why there is that certain fear. He says there's a certain fear. And because of that, the media people are doing self-censorship. Yes, Oliver. Um, do you agree with those who 
have taken this path that at least particularly three provisions, two in the Criminal Offences Act and one in the Electronic Communications Act, are responsible for how bad our media uh, ranking has been over the last few years. I mean, I think it, te- it tells only half of the story um, as, to, as to what we want to get at. <laughs> now, when I'm, we are thinking about sort of the protections of the media under the Constitution, I suppose we have to start from what are we trying to achieve here? Or what, what role do we contemplate for speech rights and also reporting rights um, in, in how it helps secure our democracy? Now, if we start there, and I know that one of the conversations we had in the past and, and in 2001 particularly, mm. was that we were celebrating the repeal of the criminal lie bill. Right. And it seemed that the conversation had been divorced from the broader purpose of why we were targeting that particular legisl- legislative framework, rather than attempt to do a holistic review of the legal framework that surrounds speech and how speech is criminalized. And so by that effect, when we focus on one, we fail to see how substantially the same ends can be reached by just using other provisions in the, in, in the criminal code or, or other ways. Mm. Secondly, now, if I'm thinking about the purpose of it, it means that law and also law enforcement must be oriented to enhance that purpose. Now, if you're thinking here, particularly, for instance, the maintenance of those laws on our books, is that that is the way in which we better ensure the practice of a certain kind of journalism, let's say, then, then that invites the, the question as to whether or not criminal law provides the medium for us to reach those ends. But beyond that, the conversations about free to be able to operate in a particular manner, the conversations about holding government to account or doing all those things entail much more than criminal repression of journalists mm. and how they are able to operate, the circumstances under which they operate in. And, and, and that's why I think it is instructive that if you're looking only by the, the rankings, the conversation is a bit more broader than that. It looks at the socioeconomic circumstances right. of journalists in, in particular. Even the recent report that we did domestically about the state of the media brings in a lot more nuances into the conversation. And if it's a conversation that is intended to enhance how media operates and how speech rights operate generally, then obviously, yes, criminal law is a good place to look, but the conversation shouldn't stop there. Now... When I, when I talk about being intentional about it, one of the things, for instance, we noticed is that when, this, when the government came into place, one of the things they said was, okay, we are worried about our ranking on the World Bank's report on the ease of doing business in Africa. Right. So we want to think through how we can review legislation, how we can review administrative practices to enhance how we go up on those rankings. The same kind of conversation and attention has been treated to press freedom in a holistic conversation, as a governmental project of how do we make the press more freer so that everybody views Ghana as the kind of democracy that encourages uh, dissent and and speech in the same regard, I think. Mm. Interesting. Now, we're starting from a certain global perspective and we will zoom in onto a much more local expression of what we are talking about. The U.S. State Department's Human Rights Report. In the report on page 8, that's section 2, it speaks about respect for civil liberties, but section 2A is on freedom of expression, including for members of the press and other media. I read, says the Constitution and law provide for freedom of expression, including for the press and other media, and the government generally respected this right, although with some abuses. Freedom of expression, that's the heading. On February 11, police arrested Oliver Bakavomawo, an activist critical of the government, in response to a series of Facebook posts. After initially charging him with misdemeanor charges, of making false statements. Remember, we are coming to this. False statements. Police upgraded the charges to felony treason and held him in prison for 35 days before a judge released him on bail. 
as someone who has come face to face with the law and how it is abused. You agree with people like uh, Justice Dennis Ajay, the GJ, and the many calls that say these laws must be removed from our books, do you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, well, I have perhaps described myself as a speech absolutely in, in some regard. Because I generally believe that the way in which you sustain a democracy and enhance the conversation about democracy is to make speech absolutely free. And I think that the restraints on speech come about, first of all, in the exchange of dialogue and argument. That I would say something and somebody would then issue a statement and say, we do not disagree, we disagree with this and we condemn it. That's one way in which our societal values is checking speech. Not through criminal law. Because once you invite criminal law in the process, then one of the things you're going to create is that you're going to create an economy of fear around speech. But then if socially people can listen to one speech and say, this person has said this, but we condemn that, then that's fine. One of the things I have given an example, even in my case, since we started with that, is the persons who said, we agree with so many things you have said, but we don't agree with what you said here. Mm. And I said, that's absolutely fine. That's how the practice of democracy should operate, that other voices would then come in and challenge one person's speech, which would give an opportunity to clarify. Secondly, one of the things I have always maintained is that we won't be talking about freedom of speech if all speech that needs protection was desirable speech. Mm. The real purpose of the freedom is to protect speech that people deem undesirable. Because if it was, then there was, there was no concern about it. So that I think that the practice of democracy contemplates that uh, we would meet speech or speech that we find undesirable. But then that we should, and that's fine, because by allowing undesirable speech, we create the avenue for more desirable speech to, to, to go on. Mm. And this is not a principle that is unknown to our laws. For instance, in terms of criminal practice, we say that it is better for one guilty person to be let off than several accused persons. So, or, you know, uh, one person, guilty person to be let off than rather uh, innocent people to be locked up. That's right. We should bring that same breath thinking to how speech operates, that if in the general body of allowing speech, even if there may be some bad speech we are not okay with, that's fine. At least we are keeping the window and the door open for more speech to happen. Mm. That's what I'm saying. If we are thinking then in the language of, okay, what are we trying to achieve with protection of speech and protection of the media? We then come back to, is, are these laws proportionate and necessary mm. in be able to keep the window open for people to be able to speak more to enhance our democracy? Right. Let me end on a final point. Mm. Uh, I, I, and I think that culturally we are accepting of this because of how we have, I can't translate democracy, which dissolves to speech rights. It's entirely an understanding that democracy is enhanced by exchange of speech and nothing else. Okay. Now, we will look at these specific laws in question and then ask the question if in fact they are desirable or what exactly the problem is. So let's begin, and starting with the GJA. The Criminal Code 1960, Act 29, Section 207, says, Offensive conduct conducive to breaches of peace. Any person who in any public place or at any public meeting uses threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behavior with intent to provoke a breach of the peace, or whereby a breach of the peace is likely to be occasioned, shall be guilty of a misdemeanor. This is the first. Here is the second. Section 208 of the same Act. Publication of false news with intent to cause fear and alarm to the public. You've always said it, fear and panic. The law, the law actually uh, renders it fear and alarm, not panic, but they are the same, are they not? It says, any person who publishes or reproduces any statement, rumor, or report, which is likely to cause fear and alarm to the public or to disturb the public peace, knowing or having reason to believe that the statement, rumor, or report is false, is guilty of a misdemeanor. Simply means you are looking to about a minimum three years in jail. Now, let's move uh, forward uh, to Electronic Communications Act 2008, 
Act 775, Section 76, also deals with false communication. The first one is false statement. This one is false communication. It says, a person who by means of electronic communication, electronic communication service, knowingly sends a communication which is false or misleading and likely to prejudice the efficiency of life, life-saving service, or to endanger the safety of any person, ship, aircraft, vessel, or vehicle, commits an offense and is liable on summary conviction to a fine of not more than 3,000 penalty. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. With your choice of select sandwich, nugs, fries, and a drink, Wendy's $5 Biggie Bag is your go-to. Your nugget wingman. Your hot and crispy fry co-pilot. Just like us. We're like the bag boys. What? Bag boys, bag boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we bring your food? <sighs> For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of double-stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher. Dr. Rick here. Another sign you're becoming your parents is getting particular about details that don't matter. The craziest thing happened when we got tacos the other day. Was it Wednesday or Thursday we got tacos? I know it wasn't Tuesday because that's when I went to my hairdresser. Shoot, what day was it? See how we all lost interest there? Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. So you're ready to propose. Yes, I am. You got her parents' approval. (laughs) You told her friends. And you got the ring. <laughs> well. Luckily, there's GageDiamonds.com with engagement rings in every style for every budget with certified natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, and moissanite. But I'd rather not drain my savings. Gage lets you buy the ring today and pay over time with no credit needed financing. Brilliant. GageDiamonds.com. We're engagements. Middle name. Exclusions apply. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere on this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Whether she's a pet mom, a plant mom, or the mom who raised you, celebrate Mother's Day this year with the gift she'll use all the time. Get up to $400 off Peloton Tread, Row, Guide, or Bike Packages, and choose from accessories like our heart rate band, row mat, cycling shoes, and more. This is the perfect gift for mom to explore what gets her moving. Whether she has 5 or 20 minutes, she can choose from classes like techno rides, country walks, or an 80s row. All access membership and guide membership separate. Offer ends May 14, 2023. Excludes Peloton Tread, Row, Bike, and Bike Plus Basics, and Peloton Guide Standalone. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Units or to a term of imprisonment of not more than five years or both. This one has enhanced it. Why must these laws give way? What's the justification? Okay, um... Something be, before I, I come to that, I'll, mm. allow me to add a little bit to what Oliver said. Mm. Um, you know, democracy, as he said, is say your own and let me say my own. <laughs> but but the media gives vent to the to the exercise of that. That's right. That is why um, the Constitution, Article One Six Three, says the 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 state media, and I want to include the the. The mass media generally, as I swear, shall afford fair opportunities and facilities for the expression of divergent views and dissenting opinion. Okay. And, and that for me is Kevin Kevin. Now, coming and, back. And that provision is to enable, enable um, chapter five, yeah. which says that you have a right as a human being, a birthright to expression, okay. including that of the media. Okay. Article 21 1F. Yeah. Okay, go. And even if you want to add um, articles um, 5511 and, and 5512, 
and which enjoys the state media to offer opportunities to political parties and presidential ca mm -hmm. candidates mm -hmm. to present their their uh, messages their messages to to the people that tells you the role the media plays in promoting the the democratic um, dis dispensation right why these laws must go um, i've heard people talk about um, um the need to have some law in the criminal code to to deal with mischief but um, if you consider the manner the law is being applied or the fact that the law that is supposed to deal with mischief is in itself becoming the mischief, <laughs> then we need to deal with that law. And, and, and for me, um, it, is, it is good we are taking off. If you read the memorandum to the, the repeal of the criminal ladder and seditious laws, there's nothing that differs from what we are experiencing now. And if um, what existed or the justifications made in the memorandum are anything to go by, then we should apply the same justification to repeal this law mm. because it is not in our, in, in our interest. And um, the memorandum was read in parliament by then Attorney General Nana Kufrado, who is the current president of the country. Mm. So for me, if that was the belief then to justify the repeal of those laws and those same conditions exist now surrounding these very laws, then I, I think um, we, we, we don't need to waste time to take them off our static books. So you are the lawyer. Let's begin from here. Section 207, offensive conduct conducive to breaches of the peace. It's not only for media, it's for all of us. Are you suggesting that when the law says if any person in the public place or at any public meeting uses threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behavior with intent to provoke a breach of the peace, whereby a breach of the peace is likely to be occasioned, we shouldn't hold that to be an offense or that we should insulate the media from this. So one of the things I think about when I look at this, say that provision, is I ask myself, what is the law trying to stop? It seems that the law does not have a problem with people using threatening, abusive, or insultive words so that those words being used or that language or speech being used in itself is not something the law is seeking to criminalize. It seems the law's real intent is that we shouldn't provoke a breach of the peace or create a situation where the breach of peace is likely to be occasioned. So then I come back and ask myself, then why isolate it to threatening, abusive, or insulting words? Why not just say that a person in a public place should not engage in conduct which, threatens to, which intends to provoke the breach of the peace? The, the fact that words or speech is being isolated here creates the window for its abuse. Potential mm. abuse because it single out speech as the potential thing, but we know that peace can be provoked in many ways that go beyond just the use of words. It says insulting words or behavior. So it says here, person who uses threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behavior. Okay, so behavior is included, mm -hmm. but the, I, in, in all the instances where we have seen, for instance, in terms of its implementation, the focus has always been on the use of language. Right. And for me, I think that if the real intent of the law is to focus on just avoiding situations of provoking the breach of peace and removing sort of the emphasis on language or anything, it might create a better way for us to think through what do we mean when we say a person is provoking a breach of the peace in a particular scenario. And in many instances, it just resolves to the person has insulted. And so we say that that is sufficient. Mm. But I don't think that speech rights is trying to create a scenario where we cannot use insults in everyday life. That's not its intent. Mm. So that's where I worry about. But the broader thing, and one of the things which we fear falling into a trap of, is particularly if you read the language of what we have repealed on the criminal, criminal libel laws. 
We may read it and we say, but it is trying to prevent the person's reputation from not being injured. What is wrong with that? Mm-hmm. But law's purpose can be supplanted by either under enforcement or selective enforcement. And that process might reduce or diminish what we are trying to create by it. And I also wanted to put it in, in a context whereby we are wondering about the entire overall impact. That if over years of implementation of this, we haven't been able to, cre- we have created a scenario where it has a drawback effect on, on press freedom or individual ability to engage, then it means ultimately we need to rethink as to whether or not this is the best approach to stop people from provoking peace. Mm. That's kind of how, how I get around it uh, here. But uh, on its own, for instance, let's, take, let's break it down to threat. Let's start with threatening. Mm. The use of threats, for instance, is already significantly criminalized in law. It is. As far as individuals are concerned. So, threat of harm and threat of death. Now, the good thing about those is that it it requires the process to specific or identify a specific victim in a particular context. But in this case, it doesn't necessarily do so. I'll give you an example because I have uh, been defending for one of the face the country activists who was arrested on and charged with this for saying that the police barracks in, in Tamale was not in the best of conditions and how can police officers live in this situation? I remember that was that. determined to be language that would lead to breach of the peace. You, you understand? So the the circumstances so, under so which what, what is going on in the mind of the prosecutor when they say for saying that the barracks is lo- looking dirty or that it's, 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 it's not looking tangible and people are living there, that will provoke uh, a breach of the peace. What's going on in the mind of the prosecutor? What so do you think? I, I think that what happens is that, even though I'm talking about speech, one of the things I recognize about speech is that two, there are two things that happen. Speech can hurt ego and can be undesirable. And our attempt always is that how do we deal with undesirable speech or speech that hurts a person's ego? Then immediately we have to find somewhere something that looks like where we can plant it. And that's what often happens, I think. But I recognize that in the nature of speech, speech would always hurt some, somebody may feel slighted by speech. Mm. We shouldn't open the door for persons who are slighted by the use of speech to then uh, instrumentalize the criminal process to deal with people whose speech they find undesirable. Now, um, uh, Kofi, Section 208, you may say this is more targeted at the press. But we know that it's for general. Publication of false news with intent to cause fear and alarm. Don't you think that this is actually part of what will help engender responsible journalism as they speak? So that you don't publish or reproduce any statement or rumor or report which is likely to cause fear and alarm to the public or likely to disturb the public peace when you have no reason to believe that the statement, rumor, or report is true. For me, I think there are other laws we can apply to address address, um, this issue. So any person who who is aggrieved um, by a publication of the sort may, may have recourse to several avenues. One, you can, you can exercise your right to uh, rejoinder at under... Which is a at, constitutional right. Article 162, clause 6. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can file a complaint at the NMC, which is also a provision in the con- con- Constitution. You can sue for defamation. So, and defamation can be can be a, 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 a punitive thing. Yeah, very punitive. For example... So media houses have collapsed because of it. Exactly. So why, why wouldn't we want to go through the civil procedure? And even the manner um, these cases are handled, in the case of the Kodna um, Bubiasa, for example... Recent issue. Um, it is something against the first lady. The first lady can sue for defamation you you don't need in my humble view to apply um, criminal law a criminal law then in in the case of no damage to mm. 
And even, uh, even, even in, in that case, um, the guy had had written something about Madame, had posted Madame picture. Then Electrochem goes to make a report to the police. And I don't see the connection between the two. Mm. And so the, the application... Electrochem is a company owned by McDan. But in law, mm. it's a separate entity. It is not McDan. Yeah. Mm. So you, you wonder how come um, I offend an individual and then... His company. His, his company will rather go and, and, and make a report. And for me, um, these cases are civil cases and we, we, we don't understand why the police should, should pursue a criminal action against the, against the people. Mm. So um, we, are, we are thinking that, one, um, apart from the way the law is being applied, um, it is becoming mischief in, in itself. And if so, then let's, let's do where to... to Take the law off. We 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 are not saying the media should not be responsible. Um, the 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 NMC, which is a, a, a creature of the constitution, has the mandate to regulate the media. And one of the things um, we we also do um, as as media institutions is that um, we always want to guard our our credibility. That's right. Because Credibility actually sells you. That's right. So if your credibility is undermined, then you are, you are, you are out, out of the game. So why would I do anything to undermine that? And, and to, um, for us as a, a professional institution, we, we, we have had occasions to address um, these issues. Um, I recall um, when Captain Smart was arrested, mm-hmm. We had issued a press statement to condemn the police for the manner they, they arrested him. When Captain Smart made some unsavory on, on, on comments about female sports, we will still have the cause to issue a press statement to, to, to condemn him. Mm-hmm. So we have done um, this since the past. I also recall in 2020, um, during the lockdown, um, on the eve, the on the on the on the on the night the president was to address the nation, GH1 had shown some porn and things. We we issued a, a press statement to condemn certain. So um, we are not saying the media is above the law or um, we, we 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 don't want to be responsible. We appreciate the fact that um, there, there's no right that is absolute. And so the, the, the avenues you mentioned, I was going to ask the question, we, we repeal these laws and replace them with what? Because it may be necessary to hold people in check. Now you say, do a rejoinder under the constitution you are allowed, and the media house is bound by law, once you do a rejoinder, to also publish the rejoinder. The rejoinder is simply your side of the story, correcting the falsehood or the inaccuracies. So rejoinder number one, or go to NMC. NMC basically deal, dealing with ethical matters, and they will simply say, go and retract. That's the end of the story. Uh, if it comes to defamation, also there will be, if you are successful, retraction, apology, and then you pay money. But Ghanaians will tell you that what we fear most is jail. And this is what this law does. Yeah, um, um, in, in the case of NMC, for example, um, why wouldn't we consider this um, popular view that the NMC should be empowered to enforce its, its, its orders, for example, so that um, it will not be only a matter of um, a moral situation? So... Um, that may be one way to address the issue. Mm. But then I believe the other laws I, 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 I spoke about are equally good to address the issue. Why must I go to jail because of what, what I say or what I write? And I'm saying that... The because what you reasons, say or what you wrote or what you reproduced, which is untrue, which is false 
could also have caused the death of somebody, could have caused a breach of the peace. That's what they say. That's what the law says. Yeah, and I, I, I mentioned earlier that the same reasons assigned for the repeal of the criminal libel and seditious law are good to um, repeal this law too. Because if, if you read the memorandum to that bill, mm-hmm. there is no difference between um, the 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 mischief of that law and the mischief and, 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 and the mischief of these laws too. Okay. So if we had deemed it fit to deal with those laws, why wouldn't we um, deal? With? And for me, I, I I always say on a on a lighter note that if Kufo were to be the pre- president of the country, these laws would have been re- re- repealed long ago. All right. Because he repealed the criminal libel law mm. in, in, the, in the seventh month of his um, administration. Okay. Right. So, Oliver, still on 208, isn't it perhaps necessary in a state? So, um, let's, let's come to some of the examples that have been given. I realize that in both instances, the conversation about whether or not the, the false news being alleged does cause or has the possibility of causing fear and alarm as this come out of the question, whether it's in the Bobby Answer case or in the Noah's case. Mm-hmm. So that tells you that we are coming again through the back door and using criminal libel. And I also like, like to refer to that example of recent, that, that is not about a journalist, which is... Um, uh, Asepa uh, Mensa Thompson. Yeah. He said the president's family were involved in the private jet. Traveling with the private jet. Yeah. And because of that, he was arrested. Yeah. Mm. And here we have a conversation again about whether or not that causes or has a likelihood of causing fear and alarm, which is not discussed at mm. all. Mm. But there's also an example we happened with the Connect FM uh, journalist where on a live radio a caller in says that there was some incident of kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Then the police pick up the journalist who was hosting the show and the person called in and then the individual and says you have allowed a platform for this to be produced or reproduced. For which reason? And people are saying, well, it's a live program, so I have no control over that. And you're saying it doesn't matter. That even calls into question whether or not live programs in themselves meet the test the law puts there that you must take reasonable measures to verify the accuracy of a statement. It means by effect, if I was a lawyer ad- advising every media house, I'd say you can't play anything live anymore. It has that effect on that. That's the speech suppression element uh, in, in, in that. You can't do a live show because you can't predict what, what the person is going to say next. Okay. So uh, even hosting you, yes. I should not at- attempt to do it because I don't know what you will say. And I, I could, in my process of giving an example, mm. give an example which could be wrong, and somebody could judge that, you have added up to the incidence of, of abuse of power in relation to this, and that can cause fear and panic and arrest you. But there are two things which have happened over the years which we haven't taken significant notice of. You remember when Amina Yutonbas happened? That's right. There was a huge conversation about this for a very long time. Ultimately, the court had judged on the submission of no case that the requirement of intent to cause fear and alarm had not been met. Mm. You would think that ordinarily this raises the threshold that one has to meet. And so that would be a check in itself. I would inform arrest. It does. It did. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. With your choice of select sandwich, nugs, fries, and a drink, Wendy's $5 Biggie Bag is your go-to. Your nugget wingman. Your hot and crispy fry co-pilot. Just like us. We're like the bag boys. What? Bag boys, bag boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we bring your food? <sighs> For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of double stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. 
It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. You know it pays to protect your engine, but did you know that with Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic Motor Oil, it pays in more ways than one? Not only does it help extend engine life, saving you in the long run, but right now you can get a $20 digital gift card to top retailers like Hotels.com, Topgolf, and Uber. Get Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic Motor Oil at a participating retailer, or ask for it in your next oil change at a participating location to qualify. Pennzoil. Long may we drive. Offer ends 9-30-2023. Terms apply. See Pennzoil.com slash rewards for details of press freedom then in, 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 in my view we should, we should take it off entirely is, is discretion entirely a bad thing to let people exercise discretion using the fix the country you know uh, a gentleman in the Tamale case for example that because he's saying the place is dirty you know it's looking very bad as a barracks uh, it's, it needs repairs and so on Somebody, a judge can come to the conclusion that what he was saying can actually bring trouble. Therefore, he is guilty. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me make you one point before I come mm. to that. Mm. One of the things I've been thinking about recently is that somewhere in January, I think the Ghanaian Times published a story where it says 48 alleged terrorists missing. And it says that it blamed the police and immigration service. Front page news. Then the next day, the police immigration service issued a statement clarifying that that story is not true. Mm. And I wondered about a story about 48 alleged terrorists walking in our midst did not provoke such alarm and fear. And that the, the response to the publication of the Ghanaian Times was another press statement saying that this was false and that resolved the matter. Mm. If in that instance we are competent enough to say that the Ghanaian public is not jumpy about in search of terrorists. How can this drastic not be applied to several other instances that have happened in this republic? And I struggle to find in the years that I've seen the Fourth Republic story, a particular story, something being produced that I'm saying that this is leading the entire nation to, to have a fear and panic in a manner that must be suppressed. That is where the, the danger of the law is. When the immediate mischief that is trying to, to cure is not substantial, substantial or something you know you can touch mm. but in this particular instance the thing about law in, and you are aware of this law in general is that if you think of it in an abstract way in the way in which the law invites us to everything makes sense and i shudder to find an unreasonable law even when we go back into our past history and think of say the preventing detention act mm -hmm. it strives on the same logic and i think you asked the question should we wait for the incident to happen first that's what the PDA was doing, saying that when you're looking at the way in which you're moving, you could likely cause a crime, and so we would arrest you before you do it. And the justification is that the state should not wait for crime to happen before it does that. But when we realize the way in which it is being used, the potential for abuse led us to say that that particular law is unconstitutional. So that's one of the ways in which I kind of think about this, this law. The other thing, too, is that particularly in terms of our criminal law, and this speech rights we are talking about being one of them, the vast majority of our criminal legislation were put together in a place, in a time of our history, which was not subjected to constitutional control, whether during the colonial period, and then in 1960 they consolidated that, and then during the military years. Significant elements of our criminal law exist within that. What we haven't done in this year is to test them by the constitutional provision. And say that looking at the constitutional guarantees we have for ourselves, whether or not this criminal situation should continue to exist. One of the hallmarks of criminal legis uh, colonial criminal legislation was that when there's a particular conduct, one thing, we have to find three other ways in which the same thing can be criminalized multiple times. So that when you charge a person with, say, one, one offense, you can charge the person on several of right. them mm. so that it doesn't continue to, to exist. I'll give you an example, even in my case. So we have treason under the Constitution. We have treason felony. Mm -hmm. The distinction is very slight. But in colonial times, they realized that people were worried about a death penalty which existed for treason. So they created a life penalty, life imprisonment one for treason felony, which is essentially the same thing. 
but they're trying to create multiple situations to ensure that you are trapped, which is the kind of situation we had with the speech rights where we had something in the sedition, but the same thing exists in, in 208 in other instances. That, those things we haven't done an attempt at consolidating and reviewing in light of, in light of the Constitution. Right. So um, I'm thinking it, it will appear that um, uh, we will, because we have the Electronic Communications Act and its portion, actually for that one, some of them hold the argument that it doesn't apply the way it is being interpreted now. So completely it is being wrongly applied. So we will deal with a, a second edition, uh, a part two, where we will take time to deal with that. But I'm thinking whether we should take your questions now or wait until we deal with that and take your question. But you said something that I feel maybe you should render it um, a lot more with a lot more clarity to me and uh, my viewers as well. Kofi says, I am concerned about the misuse or abuse of the law. However, I want the law itself to be struck off so that it doesn't exist for somebody to abuse it. Which some people will say, then there's a way to avoid the abuse whilst it, it still exists so that it can be used properly. Now you say, even if it exists, remove the opportunity for you to determine that uh, the person should be granted bail or not and so on. And that there's a need to perhaps add and flesh it out with specifics. How exactly? So one of the things I invite us always to is that if we think that the law is being abused, then it means that we are using it either on the basis of a study or anecdotal evidence then we have to determine the elements of that abuse. How has it been abused? If it is from the example I've given you, we are noticing more arrests under that law than there are prosecutions under it. We are noticing more arrests under it than there are convictions under it. Then it means that it, is, it exists to legitimize arrest power. And so if arrest power and the frequency of arrest is in question there, then one of the ways is that you take away the frequency of arrest, by saying that whenever any person flouts this particular legislation, what you should do is that you issue the person criminal hearing notice, and the person must present themselves before a court for the trial to commence on that. That becomes one way in which you are checking the power of arrest being used to intimidate mm -hmm. and making sure that people... I grew up in the, um, in the police barracks, you know, and one of the things the police would do is that when you you're mischievous in the barracks is that they take you and lock you up in the cell for a few hours to, to teach you something. What, this is what we are seeing fundamentally with this law happen. If we were to take that away, that we amend our legislation and consolidate, and it's not the only one, several other crimes like that, where there's a propensity of using arrest powers to abuse, to say that there's not going to be any arrest and nobody's going to be kept in cells for any period. Because these are things which potentially there's not an immediate threat mm. of repeating itself. Or because, because before this would have happened, it's already happened in the past. And so at this point, there's no immediate danger. So what we do is that you are issued a hearing notice, you appear, and a trial should happen. Now, I am not discounting the possibility that trial in itself can have a nuisance value. Mm -hmm. But we are not there yet in terms of how it has been operationalized. And if it did happen, then that becomes a question of how do we prosecute certain offenses? And do we think about offenses in this case, if it affects certain professional elements, let's say journalists, do we conduct their trial differently on different timelines? Those are things to think about. One of the things I've analogized, some people have asked, but why treat journalists differently than, say, everybody else in the society? And I wonder to myself, particularly when it comes to legal profession, and, and we go to court all the time, there are so many things we do in court that if the law was, were likely to be prosecuted, then we'll be going through the same problem. But we have created a separate pro process whereby somebody can apply to the General Legal Council and then your conduct would be reviewed in that particular way. The journalists also deserve, in terms of their professional use of their instruments of work, that we think about, okay, can we create a different uh, diversionary system where that, that can be reviewed in a manner that achieves the objective of regulating the profession but also ensures that we don't abuse and have a chilling effect on press freedom. 
Interesting. Um, so, Kofi, like I said, we will do definitely a part two of it and deal with uh, the Electronic Communications Act. If we open that one right now, we cannot continue. And um, Oliver, to uh, mention at the start, there's some work that they too have done in respect of journalists and issues of safety. So it does appear that we need some time to go over that again properly and then invite the public in. So as we close, what do you want the viewers, you know, to imprint about this and what you want? Okay, I, I think um, um, as I've, I've, I've kept saying, uh, insofar as the law is... Progressive covers pets in our auto policy at no extra charge. Now let's hear what your dog has to say. As a dog, I think Progressive's auto pet policy is... Oh, what is that? That's just my tail. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, progressive protection. There it is again. See? This is why I need protection. I'm so distracted. Nope, that is still my tail. Progressive Auto Insurance covers pets for up to $1,000 in a car accident at no extra charge. And we think your dog would say that's great, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. With your choice of select sandwich, nugs, fries, and a drink, Wendy's $5 Biggie Bag is your go-to. Your nugget wingman. Your hot and crispy fry co-pilot. Just like us. We're like the bag boys. What? Bag boys, bag boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we bring your food? <sighs> For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes choice of double-stacked JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher. Scott for Scott's here. Ah, a good track can feed the soul. And while this might be music from the heavens, it's not gonna feed your lawn. If your yard needs some life, then you need Scott's Turf Builder. You just put it down once now, then again this summer to thicken your lawn and get it growing strong. Ooh, that's some lush lawn vibes right there. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder today. It's guaranteed or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarone, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile, unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer, new customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Has become the mischief. <laughs> we, should, we should deal with that law by repealing the law. I don't know why the law on causing financial loss was taken off. Mm. I guess it's because of the mischief in that law. And one of the things I, I, I heard about it was that uh, you may have um, caused financial law, but not be a beneficiary. And you, you go to jail for that. What am I forgetting? The law on causing financial loss has it been repealed? I don't think so. I, mean, I no. don't know that. Yeah, so. You just stopped. Yes, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So um, um, I, I remember um, when it, it, it was used against is it Victor, Victor Salome? Salome mm. and yeah. Co. Mm. Um, people had raised I- right. issues about that. Yes. For me, I think it's all because of the mischief in there. So when when there's a mischief and it will not help the course of 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 society, and in in this case, the democracy of of our of our country, then we need to do where to to take the law off. And I want to go back to the memorandum of the <laughs> of the of the of the repeal of the law <laughs> of, of um, the, the criminal libel law. Everything there is a good reason why we should repeal this law. Okay. Yes. What will be your final words? Um, I, I think for me, my final words are that it is good for us to regulate the use of speech in society and also journalistic profession. Um, and it's also good for us to question the manner in which laws are used generally. The question for us is, why do we have a propensity to run to criminal law and put people in jail as the only instrument of regulation? That relationship, we have to find a way to be more scientific about how do we achieve regulation without necessarily exposing people to the injury of, of prison. Thank you very much. Press freedom versus false news crimes. This has been part one of it with 
Kofi Ebua, who is General Secretary, the GJA and Communications Lecturer, Wisconsin University, International University College, Ghana. Oliver Bakavomowo is lawyer and researcher. I can't thank you enough. This has been the law. It's your legal light. It's your help law. We'll come your way again next week.